All right. I'm going to do the little intro thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Something fell. All right. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Are you a fan of the band Ice Nine Kills? What about the horror movies that inspire them? Well, if you are, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. I'm Matt. And I'm Austin. Welcome to the show where we take a look at all the Ice Nine Kill songs based on horror movies and watch those horror movies and discuss them and find our favorites and do other things. Like trivia and fun stuff and whatnot. Trivia and fun stuff and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> yes. The what knots. The finest knots. Ooh. Wait, what knots? The, the what knots. Oh, those are good knots. Yeah. <laughs> what not and so forth. How are you doing today, Austin? Um, I'm doing pretty good in this fine, fabulous cold winter day. It is a cold day. Cold, cold day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't start with the Tim Allens yet. We are not even a oh, minute okay. in. It's not time. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, 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 all right. Bring it down. Simmer <laughs> down. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah, back to you know what's funny is that I start I still start to think about how you we were talking about um like if you just woke up in the middle of the night and you just hear that, like fuck yeah, I'd be scared as shit. <laughs> so I I realized while editing that episode, we bring that up twice in the yeah, same episode. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. But yeah, no, Tim Allen's I'm, terrifying. I'm, and never mentioning it a third time, just because <laughs> we're we're trying to develop a new fear by the end of this season. Yes, we just want everyone to be as scared of Tim Allen as we are. What, whole- what would that, what would that what would that be like? Um, like uh, Allen Allen phobia, tool man phobia, tool man phobia. I th- I think that's a scientific term. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of terrifying, uh. <laughs> Austin here is our horror aficionado who has never listened to much Ice Nine Kills before. Let's let's get into that with our horror yep. question for Austin. Austin's horror question. Mamma mia! Woo! Yeah! Yeah! Let me pull that up and see which one I got for ya. I studied! I, I'm sure I studied. H- have you studied? Did you prepare? Yeah, I did a lot of homework. I watched a lot of really um, bad, horrible things. <laughs> good, good. That's what we want. But uh, my horror question for you this week, Austin, is what movie scared you the most as a kid? E- even doesn't oh. even have to be a horror movie. Just what movie do you remember just being absolutely terrified of? Okay, uh. I think I mentioned it earlier on the show where I was like, it was mostly for me as a kid was like faces. Um, there's definitely a lot of other things that terrified me outside of watching the movie. But like for like the first thing, um, it was definitely honestly Chucky. I know that's really funny. That child's play is like one of my like favorite horror movies. 
But like Chucky actually used to scare me. And like um I just couldn't like look at him every time I was like the video store. I would have to like walk by the section. I'm like, okay, I want to run a movie, but I can't look at that. Um <laughs> and uh but then like eventually, like I said, only a few years later I, I kind of stopped. But um The Exorcist too, like Linda Blair, um the way that she just looked in that movie, I just could not handle it uh as a kid. Dude. Like, the way that she freaking looked just terrified me. Did you ever get that thing back in the day where like there was like a maze on yes. a computer? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. As as a kid growing up in the yeah. mid two thousands of the internet. Oh yeah. I got uh that messed me up for sure. Yes. That that reincarnated the fear. I just started getting over it and then that <laughs> right. that came back around. And there was also a video early on YouTube too, where it was like a rocking chair and it would just move, and then she would just run at the screen. Jesus oh, Christ! Yeah. You know, you know when I remember, uh, there was it, one is the car. the car. Yes, it's the yes. freaking car, dude. Oh my god! What, what is? We got messed up in the early days of like the internet, dude, or dude. like the like, I guess like the second gen of the internet by like the mid two thousands. And I don't, I don't know if this is the same for you, but my dad did that to me. He he sat me down in the computer chair and was like, "Hey, watch this video of this car." And you know, I got my face like five inches from the screen, just watching this car drive down the road. And then whatever's in that video pops up, and I like fly back, just screaming. Oh man, thoughts and prayers to you, man. Jeez. That's horrible. Well, that's a dad thing, honestly. I don't know what it is because, like, did he at least film it? Like, no, like it was reaction? it was purely yeah. for his enjoyment, <laughs> nothing else. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like, no, nah, this isn't going on YouTube. This is not. This he's is like, this me. is this is for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, because my dad. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a dad thing or if just we both got like, I don't know, just screwed over. But like, my dad <laughs> used to scare the shit. Like, had pleasure out of just scaring the shit out of me. See, as that's, like a little kid. That's the only time I can remember my dad doing that. But like. It's it's a yeah. core memory for me as a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we got messed up on those videos. Like there was just it was a wild time. Yes, it was. Just did not know, dude. Back on topic though to the question. You know what movie terrified yeah. me as a child? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Really? Was it the Grinch himself that yeah. you just couldn't do it? Don't know yeah, why. And, and it's just so weird. I mean, yeah, he's kind of, like, off-putting, but, you know, like, I was terrified. Like, commercials would come on TV, like, back when it was first coming out, and I would be, like, crying. Yeah. I don't know if there's any kids thing that was, like, just as creepy to me. Um, There's only one, and there was a freaking 90s movie of Pinocchio. It was, like, a live-action movie. Dude, that movie was that that is one thing that's like the closest I got to like being like this is kids but this is scary. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like I don't like this. Right. Well, awesome. I guess that answers Austin's horror question. Ooh, we got spooked out a bit. Okay, a little spooky. Getting a little spooky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you happen to have a question for me this week? Yes, yes, uh, you better expect it, because for Matt's music question. Matt's music question. We're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to do with numbers. I know you like to do with fives, Matt, oh. but we're going to stick to 
We're going to stick to three. Okay, okay. We're going to do... Okay, so... If you were on a desert island and you had to choose three albums to listen to, oh. what would those three albums be? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, yes. Okay. Um, I also would like to separate when I thought about this question. It was like, you kind of got to remember ones that you would want to listen to again and again versus ones that you would think, yeah, this is a good album. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, give me a second. Can you sing some thinking music? Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> choice of genre? Uh, folk. Oh, polka. Folk polka. <laughs> folk polka. Folka. Folka polka. <laughs> folka polka. A folka polka. Folka polka. Okay. It's folk and polka. <laughs> okay, I think I got it. Thank hey. you for the music. It helped. Yeah. <laughs> polka polka. It's this face out. Okay. Um so I think I would choose it's kind of a newer one. It came out this year, but uh The Hum Goes On Forever by the Wonder Years. Okay. That would be my like uh this is when I'm gonna cry music. Oh, okay. Um yeah. I mean you're on the island. You got you know, you gotta let it out. Right. And then I'm gonna throw in You know what? I'm gonna throw in Safe is Just a Shadow by Ice Nine Kills. It's one of their earlier Ooh. albums, but every song Ooh. on it I absolutely love and it's very hype, you know, like if I have to like go hunting, that's the music I'm gonna turn on. <laughs> yeah, you're like if I need to start fucking rubbing sticks to start that fire, <laughs> yeah. that fucking fire is gonna start. <laughs> And then I kind of, I kind of think I should go with something around the campfire when you want to go like chaka chaka. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper, just to sort of mix it oh, up. Really? And it's a pretty chill album. Yeah, because sometimes you're gonna want to listen to a different genre or so. Yeah, yeah, you know, mix it up a little bit. So yeah, so Hum yeah. goes on by the Wonder Years. Uh, Safe is just a shadow. And Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper. Heck yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did did you come up with an answer for this? Um, I did. I would love to know. Um, because so for one that I was just like probably a personal favorite that like uh and Ollie specific too, because of the added songs uh that were added to it. But I would like to probably do Oasis's What's the Story Morning Glory? Okay. Uh, there's a remaster that has a lot of the demos that I've just like in like other B side songs that never made it to the album. Right. So, so there's that I would that's more on the replay value scale. Um, as for recent albums, just because uh, like I said, like there's probably like albums that like I probably personally love more, but just because I'm going to be on that repeat list, I would probably want something newer that I would yeah uh, listen right. to more. So I would do uh Turnstiles Glow On. Like Ooh. that album is yeah, it's really it's a new it's a kind of the newer thing, but I know it's going to stick with me for long. You know time. what? Anyone listening to this that likes Ice Nine Kills and hasn't listened to Glow On by Turnstile, listen to it. It's not it's not yeah. like metalcore, but it it goes hard. It goes really hyped up. It's like if you drink like a can of uh like Monster Energy and decide to go <laughs> skydiving. 
And like, it's just really feel good hardcore. Yeah, it's in the feel good category of like hardcore. Yeah. Great album. And uh, I know some people that have said they like never really listen to rock music until they've heard some of their songs, kind of. It's kind of like a middle ground. Right. Did you see they're nominated for a bunch of Grammys? Yes. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. And then, yeah, a really new, one of my new favorite bands. Um, And then lastly, um, I would have to do Smashing Pumpkins' Siamese Dream, just because I just personally love that album a lot. Okay. Well, nice. I think that's a pretty good yeah. mix there. I think that'll keep you sane for a couple months, probably. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed, I thought about, like, the replay value, and then I was like, wow, that's a lot of, like, uh, 90s territory rock, uh, <laughs> right. like, rock music. And even, like, Turnstile's like, got, like, yeah. the sort of 90s hardcore feel to it. Yeah, no, it really does. Yeah, it's got a little bit of uh, new age and old age, old school sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, speaking of music, uh, I guess it's time for us to check out the 11th track on the album here. Woo! So I'm a big fan of Ice Nine Kills. I know all these songs, you know, like by heart, basically. Uh, Austin's never heard any of these besides the ones we've already checked out, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I've Austin, had a fair share of re-listening to him too. Hell yeah, that's good to know. Um, but Austin has been guessing what the next song is going to be based on, based off of absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, and so on the last episode, you guessed that this song would be based on a Clockwork Orange. Oh, I did. Yeah, non-traditional was the route I was going. Yeah. So the reason that you did that i think was because i said it i'm not sure if this movie really counts as a horror movie but the yep yep the more i thought about it the more i think i might be wrong <laughs> so oh okay I oh, mu- no I'm, you're fine i might have sort of screwed you there no but Shoot. i don't know because i've never i'm seen just glad movies. i got it right once at least like you, at this point did. i'm just having fun with it <laughs> right but um so I will say you did not guess it. It's not Clockwork Orange, but Dang. I'm, I'm going to give you the song title and see if you can guess it from that. All right, I could do that. I'll, I'll allow it. I think this might be the easiest one to guess from the song title. Oh, really? Okay. I, I think because what what was the one that was like the most dead giveaway? Ooh. Was probably oh probably Hip to Be Square. Uh, scared. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. And I'm glad because that was after me getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. But um, the next track we're going to be listening to is, so it's the 11th track on the album. It's the final one in our little square of uh, feature songs. Okay. All right. We're wrapping it up. We're tossing out the guest stars. We are after this one. But um, <laughs> So this song is titled <laughs> FLY. F-L-Y, pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> oh, oh, so is it really that obvious that it's the fly? Oh, oh, we're, I guess I'll have to find it. We're going to have yeah. to listen to it and find out. Yeah. Is that what you're guessing, is the fly? Yes, that is what I'm guessing. Well, we are going to listen to F-L-Y, and we'll be right back and find out if Austin's right or not. I hope I am. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back to the show. We just got done listening to FLY. And uh, Austin, you guessed, yeah, yeah. you guessed that this was based on the movie The Fly. Uh, how are you feeling about yes, that? Yes, I did. Um, I still feel confident, but my confidence kind of dropped a little bit when I listened to it. Well, I will say, you're right. <laughs> cool. Cool. Nice. Uh, have you ever seen The Fly? Um, I have, and it's sequel. Okay. Uh, was I wrong? Is it a genuine horror movie? Um... Yeah, it's a monster flick. Okay. Um, I consider monster flicks can be kind of towards the route of like science fiction, like Godzilla, or it can turn the route of like uh the thing. So it's you know it depends. Okay. So uh, this is definitely I would say it's kind of down the middle between both, but it's pretty gruesome. It's the special effects that make it the horror flick. Okay. See, I've never seen it. So all I know is Jeff Goldblum turns himself into a fly. So I thought it was just like an 80s sci-fi thing. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Um, it's Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Okay, well. Uh, but more in the, I would say it's about 70% horror and then 30% science fiction. Well, then I am wrong and it, I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. I could definitely see the misconception. And you pronounced his name wrong. It's actually pronounced Jeff Globe Yum. <laughs> I believe it's Chef Goldblum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, okay, but back to the song. What'd you think about it? What were your first thoughts? My first thought was like, this was the kind of the most straight up non complicated song. <laughs> right, fair. Um, it's like, uh, it's just very, you know, traditional verse course. Uh, not a whole lot of solos, not a whole lot of things. Yeah. Um, as like um like i said it's more just straight up of a song which hold on was so did we mention who the feature was yeah okay so i i did forget to mention that at the top but uh yeah so this song features buddy nilson who is uh from the band senses fail have you ever checked them out oh okay yeah they do that song um that is on can't be saved right maybe i don't know i've never seen can't be saved Oh, no. Senses Fail, the band, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they have a song that's called uh, Can't Be Saved oh, okay. that I really like. Oh, well, then I don't know it. <laughs> but I, I I do... Uh, oh, gotcha. I do like some Senses Fail songs. I'm not a huge fan of theirs, but I, I enjoy them when I've listened to them. Oh, yeah, definitely check that song out. That was like a huge song that was on Guitar Hero 3 back in the day. Oh, okay, hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, I gotta say, I think this is like one of the most like pop punk feeling songs that they've made in a long time. Yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense because that does remind me of some, of, of some census fail songs that I've heard too. Right. Uh, it was kind of taking me back to about like that era of the kind of music. Which, uh, I don't know if we got into this before, but do you know what kind of band ice nine kills was when they first started? Have we talked about this? Uh, weren't they a lot like heavier? Uh, no. Or no. So, when Ice Nine Kills first started out, they were a ska punk band. Oh, really? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, they started out doing, like, ska punk and stuff, and so, I don't know, this song is kind of, like, bringing a little bit of that back to the feeling. That era? Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know, I, I love it. I dig this song. Yeah, I thought it was one of the most chill, like, like laid-back songs. Right. Um, 
kind of less on the heavier like metal tone and everything. Um, I did like the choir part of it that kind of reminded me that like would sing in some of the parts that kind of reminded me of like rash decisions a little bit. Right. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I was going to say, I don't think if it wasn't for how obvious the title was, I don't think I would have made possibly guessed what the song was. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally see that. Or the movie was because like, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going by. I mean, a little bit with like, uh, I think insects and fly um like saying that right but it um it kind of more was like a double meaning for like you know kind of like the love song in it and um but like there was a couple things that i could tell like the electronic keyboards like i definitely enjoyed that had that 80s synth sound to it yeah right yeah i i I liked it yeah this is definitely what i could see me re-listen to again right i when i first listened to the album i think this was a song that didn't really stand out to me but now every time this song mm-hmm. plays, I like turn it up and I'm just fucking rocking out to it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the song that like kind of is kind of a filler at first, but you want to skip it and then slowly you become you start to listen to that one more. Yeah, at, over time. That no, that's yeah, definitely. Well, I can give you my top favorite moments here of the song. Yes. Um. So right now, uh, go. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, one of my favorite parts is actually the intro, which I think this is the first time I've said the intro is one of my favorite parts, but, uh, I don't know, just him singing over just like a palm muted guitar is so fucking pop punk. Oh, and it like yeah. a- automatically oh, yeah. brings that feeling to the song when he started oh easy and then uh yeah my another favorite part is something you brought up it's that little uh uh, like choir part when they do the parts in the Mm -hmm. verse where it's like i'm not saying i'm not playing god playing ain't got yeah Yeah. no i i love that um and then actually uh my other favorite part is buddy's verse especially at the beginning where it's just him singing over like a bunch of synthy shit Like, it just sounds all, like, warbled and weird in the background, but it it works so well. Yeah, it sounds like a nice, like, epic. It's like a, like a, like an opera, almost. (laughs) Right. But hell yeah. Yep. So those are my top three favorite moments of the song. Whoop-doo-doo-doo. Whoop-doo-doo-doo-doo. But yeah. um, So yeah, like I said, I never saw this movie. I'm excited to see it. I love me some Chef Goldblum. Oh, yeah. Easily. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, this is a, this is a good like '80s classic too, and this is about the time when like um this is uh did you know this was a remake? Uh, Matt? No, I did not. Um yeah, so they're uh, like I said with Monster Flicks, this was kind of remade from like an older, more sci-fi one from the '50s, I believe, uh, which is even based off of a um a a book called The Fly, which I have read. It's a little different. Oh, from this okay. one. But yeah, the eighties went through a time of uh a brief time of remaking fifties monster movies and it was really good. Um because the thing was one and uh the blob even had a really good remake in the eighties. Did it? That was like Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. Like the effects look good. Um it's it's like it's like what you would want of an eighties slasher movie, kinda like horror film, but then it's like the blob <laughs> mixed in with it. It's pretty it's it's pretty great. It holds up. Hell yeah. Well, do you think we should watch the 80s one, or do you think we should watch the original? Ooh, I think we should probably watch the 80s one. Oh, no, easily the 80s one, because okay. that's what it seems like it's mostly based on. Okay, cool. Um, more of the, the synth, you know, the, going the 80s feel of it. Right. Okay, I, I gotta say, I'm glad you said that, because I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, my, never mind, we're not watching that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, so I guess we'll have to... Um, We'll have to break the rule of what we say when we normally do the original one, technically. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We'll we'll do what we want. It's our show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can't tell us what to do. (laughs) Well, Uh, and then like later we'll send that apology. Yeah, we will apologize. Well, hell yeah. Well, I think we're going to sit down and watch The Fly starring Chef Goldblum. And feel free to watch it with us, and if you also want to watch the 50s one, go ahead as well. But we're not going to. <laughs> yep, so if you don't like it, you can watch that one instead, and we'll catch you up on the the, the 80s Yeah, one. yeah, exactly. Because we're cool. <laughs> yeah, we like ketchup. All right, well, <laughs> well, we're going to watch that for the me for the very first time, and uh, we're going to yes, come back. Yes, I'm excited for you. Right? <laughs> we're going to come back, see what we think of it, and see how well we think the song matches up to it all right oh right wait can you can, can you hit all me with a right. long all right with the all right shout out pilot seasons <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll be right back Welcome back to the show. We just got done watching The Fly, starring Chef Goldblum. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, Austin, we didn't really talk about this, but are you a fan of David Cronenberg? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. He's a uh, very, like, body horror type um, horror. Right. See, this was the uh, first thing I ever saw of his. But I, I know about him, like, uh, specifically from that Rick and Morty episode where they have, like, a Cronenberg verse. Oh, do they? Yeah. Or they like they they leave a world and call it like the Cronenberg world where everyone's just like fucked up looking. Oh, wh- oh my god, that definitely sounds like a straight conversation. Like I, I, that sounds like a solid idea from Dana Harmon, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like I honestly have personally, uh, I've never watched Rick and Morty. I've been meaning to get to it, um, just because I w- I want to binge watch it like all at once. 
Oh. And uh, just because I heard how funny it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's and, a pretty good show. I think you'd probably like yeah, it. Yeah, and oh yeah, I'm sure I would. I just it's one of those things I haven't gotten around to. Right. But that's like totally a, just a joke. I would even that being right there is a reason why I probably should watch it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because like yeah, Cronenberg's movies are very like disturbing. Yeah, uh, one of his like famous ones is Videodrome. Uh, it's Scanners is like freaking crazy i don't know if you've seen anything about scanners no no not really uh basically people can read minds and then they blow each other's brains up like they just explode people's heads oh fuck yeah (laughs) yeah it is like (laughs) it's awesome and um he's got this really creepy one called the brood um it's it's something it's really something this lady like is producing these babies and they all look they're all like little children, but they're like monsters, and they all look the same, and they all have like white hair, kind of like the girl from like Poltergeist. So like, imagine like ten of her, but like creepy demonic monsters. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really <laughs> like I sound like I'm completely making this up, but I'm like, no, trust me, it's a full movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, from from the little bit I know about David Cronenberg, I would not be surprised. Like yeah, it's just like really out there, but it's just like you remember the movie mostly because like just with the monsters and just like gory images you see from it. Right. Yeah, I uh like I said, I didn't really know much about him besides like that little tidbit. But I knew just from that going into this movie when I saw he was the director, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be gross. Yeah. Yeah, and I even <laughs> uh forgot that this was and as soon as I did, I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie is, like, all about just special effects and just just uh, grotesqueness from, like, this. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, it just makes 100% sense. Right. Well, it actually, I saw it uh, It won the Academy Award that year for, like, special effects. Oh, yeah. I, I, I imagine. I definitely would imagine it would. Which, I mean, yeah, they turned Jeff Goldblum from himself to basically a fucking monster. like. Yeah, well, just the slow dwindle. Well, yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Exactly, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> did did you enjoy this on your rewatch? Yeah, I forgot how much I freaking love this movie. Like, uh, it's not. It's weird because the, it's hard to explain why someone would like this movie as much. But it's like, wow, this is just like sticks out. I mean, it's, it's really, yeah, it's its own thing. <laughs> but like, I mean, we've established earlier in the show that uh, I don't really like like body horror and stuff like that. But I thought this was a great movie that I will probably never watch again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like when you, when you look back at the whole plot line of the movie, it's like it's pretty freaking straightforward. Yeah. But I mean, it was so like just endearing, though, like I couldn't look away like. I have yeah. barely a page of notes just because I was so like enthralled in the movie and like didn't want to like stop watching it. Well, in that case, Matt, would you uh are you are you ready for that time of the show? Uh is it that time where you give me the best Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie? Yes. <laughs> With both lightning and thunder. But <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so as for our rundown for this movie, uh, we start off the movie at a nerd convention 
And uh, here, <laughs> here we have our protagonist, Seth, played by Jeff Goldblum, as mentioned. Uh, he's talking to a woman named Veronica, played by Gina Davis. Okay. Uh, I got oh, yeah, go to cut in. Right as the movie started, I, I, it had like the title credits, so I knew Gina Davis was in it. And I was like, I know that name. And I was like, yeah. I, I can't put a face to it, though. And then she showed up. And in my notes, I wrote, is that the mom from Stuart Little? <laughs> oh, she is in Stuart Little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got straight hair in that movie, doesn't she? She's like a blonde. No, I think she's still or... got like a brunette redhead thing going on. But yeah, that's yeah. I forgot about that because I remember the dad's kind of dorky. Man, we always find, you always find a way to get back to Stuart Little somehow. So I don't like, want to. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a curse. But she, I know her from like kind of a couple other things like Beetlejuice. Like, oh, okay. Uh, right. Of that nature. But yeah. And Stuart Little oh, is yeah. just what came to mind apparently for me. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and I hate that when that happens too. It's like, yeah. Um, but I'll definitely get into about her and Jeff Goldblum definitely later. Okay. Okay. For sure. Carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he talks to her going into his apartment, um, where he shows her this thing that he claims is going to change the world. Um, as he signs in on his computer that his voice activated, he demonstrates his teleportation device. He's rigged by two pods connected together by teleporting her pantyhose from one end to the other and also he shows that he has like a prototype right that's uh i forget what he mentions why it didn't work but uh so uh i gotta oh, say though with with the stocking that she gives him he's a little creepy about it at first mm-hmm. like like he takes it and it's it, like a personal thing jewelry and then i'm like yeah like a necklace and he's like ah pantyhose yeah but like when she gives <laughs> it to him it lingers on him for like 15 seconds and he's just like examining it almost (laughs) yeah should we should we do like a like an exact like a retelling of that and then he just being like super mega awkward about it like just smelling it and everything (laughs) right i i half expected him to i was like please don't smell that yeah you're like i will lose all respect if you're a foot guy (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh uh, soon uh but yeah so soon we find out she's a reporter and she's been recording audio and tells uh, and wants to do a story on it, and he tells her, never mind, you can't do research on this. Um, so she takes what she has and takes it to a reporter, uh, who is her boss, called the weirdest, most, in- I-, I don't know, Matt, how do- is it Status? I, is, is that how you I don't even remember his name. It was some kind of weird name. <laughs> It was just weird, and then as I'm writing notes, I'm like, this is just annoying to type. I'm like, who puts that? <laughs> was it like Stinson? Stanson? Stinson? Yeah, Stanis. St- yeah. Stanley? I'm gonna... Stanley. We're just going to call him Stanley. Let's call him for the Stanley. The... Yeah, yeah. We're going to just do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stanley just does not believe it. Um, he just doesn't believe anything about this whole teleportation device. So um, he visits her, uh, what is it, Jeff Goldblum, or Seth, um, basically runs into her and mentions about going to, Jeff Goldblum, yes, <laughs> talks about going to lunch. Um, here he tells her that it only works with inanimate objects and that he wants her to record everything for a book. So basically he wants like a book written out of it. And then, uh, but soon then we see that our boss, uh, Stanley, is in her apartment 
And we see why they have an intimate history because he's just fucking taking a shower in their apartment. And it's like, oh, okay. So you guys have a little history, okay? Wait, does your boss not shower at your house? Because should I be concerned about that? Wait, so like your boss shows up at your house and showers? Mine just takes a bath. Oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's better. Yeah, usually every time I go grocery shopping, I tell my wife make sure to get the bubble bath for my boss. <laughs> right. Um, you know the bubbles because you don't want to get yelled at at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big HR issue actually. As a matter of fact, um, <laughs> we have to disclose a lot of that info. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so he's just taking a shower as one does. And uh, he starts to talk about Seth's background, um, mentioning uh, he's winning a physics Nobel Prize, um, a part of, I thought this was going to come back in later, but a part of the F-33 team. Yeah, I don't I don't think it ever I, came back or anything. Yeah, it never came back. I was like, oh, does this mean that it's, no, no, it doesn't. I was like, did I never pay attention to this whole thing? And there's actually more, no, no, there isn't. Uh <laughs> So later, so he kind of wants her to get more about this info in the story, and she's just like, "Oh, now you want the info." So, uh, so later she's back with Seth, and she films the research of him testing a bamboo in the pod, and it's pretty gross and really sad because the bamboo turns into just a pile of guts and limbs and flesh. Which inside this pod, I gotta say, I don't know if you were thinking this, but uh, where did he get a monkey? I thought the same fucking thing, and I'm like, why specifically a bamboon? Like, I thought mostly um, chimpanzees are the most right common. Um, but like, is it on loan? Like, did he buy it? it yeah, got, I, did. Did I he get know. it from a pet stop, <laughs> like a right? pet shop, or did uh get it from a friend? Did, it's like, hey, you, you know those, he, you know those monkeys? Can I borrow those real quick? <laughs> yeah. Will he be back? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like I like to think that maybe like this, like maybe there's just like a science lab that he gets somewhat funding. Well, he's he's kind of an independent person. He's kind of doing all by himself. He keep, he's keeping this secluded. Yeah, because like so, he, he said that he has funding, but he like doesn't get paid a lot for it. Yeah, but apparently he gets paid enough to buy two fucking monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just got a good deal, or just happened to know a guy who knows a guy. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> like, assume he stole these monkeys. That's that's my well, headcanon. Yeah, he just stole him. He just put him in his pocket right now with <laughs> like in his stretch coat. But like this this movie takes place in New York, doesn't it? Or like somewhere in the the big city? Um, I can't remember. I saw where it did cuz it's like not mentioned. But someone like put it together through the landmarks, but I don't remember what city it was. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, I like to believe there's New York or something, and he just talked to the mob, and then they're like, "Yeah, we can, get, we can fix a deal for you." He's like, "We need a, we need you to teleport uh, some, yeah, some people out of here if you know if you catch my drift." Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they turned into a pile of goo. Yeah, got a, got a pile of monkey goo. Pile of monkey gabagoo. <laughs> uh, so frustrated, he's very pissed off. Um, they talk about she wants to get him on why it went wrong and uh, why he's trying to think of a way to fix it. And they end up sleeping together. And while doing so, she mentions she wants to just eat him up. 
and pinches him like a grandma, which then the following morning it inspires him uh, when making a steak to nurture the computer into wanting flesh. And uh, he tells her that the steak he has is synthetic, so it just doesn't understand, like, organic matter and what that means. It can replicate it, but it can't, like, really get it down. Right. Um, And it's kind of scary because that's kind of like how today's AI works. Like, with our... If, you, Matt, if you've seen stuff that's been, like, AI-generated photos and stuff... Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's weird. When you look at those photos, they're really weird because anytime it has text, it's not like 100%. It's always like altered and it looks like foreign. Right. But it knows there should be words there. <laughs> like, I'm like, so like watching this now, it was very kind of scary. <laughs> like, it, it was like unintentionally scary just by that line. Um, so Stanley follows Veronica <laughs> and finds out she's been staying at his uh, Seth's place, which has my favorite line. <laughs> which Matt, I hope I hope well, yeah, you wrote which this line? down too. Uh, the line where uh, he wants to find out why Veronica's staying at his place, and uh, she says, "Um, come on, he's on the verge of discovering something huge." And then oh. so Stanley's like, "Yeah, his cock, <laughs> right." And I was like, I was so like, wow, that dude, like, really? <laughs> uh, I just like to believe that 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 uh, one trend of, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a meme trend of the Wii Sports Bowling, and it's just like, nice cock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then after this, they successfully transfer the other bamboo. Um, like you said, they just happened to get a second one. Which I wrote down here, in all caps, where did he get another monkey? Surely, <laughs> after the last one fell apart, he didn't get it from the same place, right? Are they just giving out monkeys with no repercussions? <laughs> Probably. They're like, hey, we don't ask questions. We sell the guy the monkey, he, <laughs> right. he gets away. He, that get, he gets a monkey an, every week. <laughs> Yeah, we, there should be a good prequel to that. Just if just like, <laughs> these monkeys <laughs> escape and then like they uh yeah, something along those lines. Right. <laughs> just the whole hidden story about how he how he did it. So yeah, and then after putting a couple of drinks, after a couple of drinks, um putting uh Seth starts to put together that Stanley is a former lover. And then he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go in the teleporter." Uh, which, while of course, uh, Fly mistakenly enters the pod while he does so. Um, so she comes back, and uh, Veronica comes, comes back, and they talk it over. And he mentions, "Yeah, I might have been tipsy, and I might have went in the pod." And I don't remember if she feels it yet, but there's unbeknowingly there's like a hair on his back. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when uh, she noticed that, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, so while he's sleeping, he catches the fly, and then he wakes up to doing some cool scene of uh, acrobatics off his chair and uh, all over his apartment because his apartment just became just a thousand times bigger. I think this was my favorite part of the movie where it's basically like a Spider-Man montage when he gets his powers. But no, nope, nope, Matt. Oh, it is a little bit. A little bit. I, I think I have an idea why it's your favorite scene. Uh, is it because there's no music and she's just sitting there watching him silently? 
and it's just a the most lo- awkward <gasps> fucking thing yeah, ever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just like she's just watching it unfold. She's no, just sitting because- there while he's like flipping around a pole and shit, <laughs> saying nothing. It, yeah, and especially for the eighties, I'm surprised there was no like song written specifically for this no, scene. Like, it was just silence. Scene. Not even like a yeah. score in that part. Just I didn't even realize it till you <laughs> mentioned it, because it's just like a lot of grunting and like feet smacking the floor and <laughs> <laughs> Um But I was gonna say it's probably the reason why you love this scene so much, whether you realize it or not. But I was just waiting for it to cut to the scene in the hot rod where Andy Samberg goes to his quiet place. <laughs> just starts rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like, I need to somehow cut that scene in with that. Right. Where where he's like, I need to go to my quiet place. And he's running. And then it just, yeah, then it cuts to Jeff Goldblum. And then it somehow switches back to him falling. <laughs> like, in a... <laughs> Like it would almost seem like like it nothing would change. Like you're like, yeah, it's the same movie. Yeah, very enjoyable yet awkward scene. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't I wasn't a, uh against it, but I didn't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um so yeah, <laughs> and after this nice workout, they decide to go out for breakfast as he pours a log of sugar into his coffee. <laughs> like Holy shit, just an enormous amount of sugar. And re- meanwhile, he's just like very jittery and he's saying he feels rejuvenated, like he cleansed himself. Yeah. And uh, I kind of wrote down during this part, you know, he actually reminds me of a fly buzzing around. Yeah, that was that was kind of what I was thinking of too, is I think that's what they were going for. Just very, just uh very jittery, just very um constant but very brief movements, just un- constantly very snappy. Yeah. Like young Jeff Goldblum was honestly perfectly cast in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because like if you ever watched a fly, like that's how they move. They they move their arms to their face real quick and then they just twitch their head. Just very, you know, very uh quick very fast like you you can believe this guy is becoming a fly (laughs) yeah it's pretty fly for a jeff guy (laughs) (laughs) it was like i knew it was at some point that was going to be said but yeah so not long after this she finds the hairs and uh cuts it and um and he decides that he wants Veronica to go to, in the teleporter, and her telling him no really sets him over the edge to where he decides to go for a walk. I mean, he really fucking snaps. I mean, he really goes from 180. So right now, it's just like you could see how great, like you said, of a choice it was for Jeff Goldblum to do this. Because he goes from like a really quirky, quirked up white boy, like <laughs> nerdy, like <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. And then, so like, like you said, you see him get very, very jittery, and then you at this point you see him kind of just snap. Like you just see like this uh, this evil side of him, yeah, un- that uncontrollable side. I uh, I have it written down here. Jeff turned into such an asshole. Are flies assholes? And now he's part asshole. <laughs> well, flies do go straight to the shit, so that is very possible. That's true. Maybe. I like to imagine flies like probably talk like uh, New York construction workers, <laughs> like in Bugs Life. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they do, don't they? That's probably why I think that. So maybe that's a stereotype. Yeah, all, <laughs> we don't even all realize. All flies are dickheads. All flies are dickheads. Yeah, 
Yeah, all flies have uh, hard hats and and vests. And they, hey, baby! (laughs) While they're just piled on a pile of shit. (coughs) Yep. uh, So out on the walk, uh, Jeff, or I should say Seth, uh, goes to a bar and he challenges a guy to an arm wrestle. I remember watching this scene uh, before I went back and watched this movie, probably a couple of years ago or so. But this is the scene that stuck out to me the most when I remember seeing a glimpse of it as a kid. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So he challenges this guy to an arm wrestle and he just breaks his arm. Like something about that scene. It's just, it's just like, it gets me when you Matt, when you mentioned about cut to the Achilles, like that gets me, but then when I see like bones snap, and yeah, break, and like, like popping yeah, through the skin, that, like, yep, that one gets me a lot. Yeah, no matter how many times I've seen actual videos and even fake stuff of it, it gets me. Yeah, like, and I did not see that coming. I thought he was gonna like flip him over the side, you know, or something, but no, just yeah, fucking snap. <laughs> like, I love that the guy just didn't give up either. He was like, "I'll break my arm before I fucking <laughs> let that guy win." <laughs> I was like, dude, at one point, I'd be like, I'm going to go, like, before we get to that point. Right. Uh, I, I also didn't probably have as many drinks as he did at the time. I could be, di- <laughs> that might be, that might alter my answer on that. Um, <laughs> we don't like, we, we don't take too kindly to flies around here. <laughs> and um, so he ends up taking the guy's uh, girl in the whole process. Of, it's literally as uh, corny and... Uh, as rough and tough as it gets, literally just takes the girl, and the girl's like, uh, okay. Right? Like, you just snapped his arm in half, but sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure this guy that was my right here needs to go to the hospital, but <laughs> I think he can figure it out. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to go fuck this fly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and at this part, uh, mind you, um, I forgot to mention at this part, you kind of see that his face is a little like pimpled up. Yeah, it was just getting like um, worse and worse, like every other scene. Yeah, so like at this point, you kind of start to see some kind of like almost like acne on his face, but it's not really acne, probably. But um, this is kind of as early as you start to see it develop. Yeah. Um, and it's like he spends the whole night with this lady, and he has just absolutely all the energy. Uh, to where by the time they make it to his apartment after bar hopping, it's morning and she's already tired and he insists on her going into the teleporter <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, but he does it by showing her himself and, uh, Veronica shows up telling her, no, don't go in that fucking thing, which, <laughs> uh, and she, so she's like, ah, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> right. So, uh, Veronica, and I don't think we ever find out her name, do we? Uh, I want to say, like, Tracy or something, but I might be wrong. Yeah. That's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Veronica tells him that the hair she cut resulted as non-human and possibly insect. And Seth thinks he's just, she's just jealous and is, like, kicks her out, basically. Yeah. And, uh. So, while in his bathroom, we get this this gross-out scene of moments of, like, his tooth falling out, his fingernails, like, just come right off, and then uh, he just looks up to himself, and he just sees the secondary, like, 
Oh, so he just basically goes to his computer and then sees that a secondary particle was in the pod and that indeed was a fly. Bum, bum, bum. That's the name of the movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what, I like to imagine that's what you yelled out, man, when that like, scene came <laughs> And um, so he calls Veronica to come out. And this point, his hair is falling out. And he's using a cane to walk with. Oh, actually, two canes to walk two with. Two canes, yeah. Two canes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he explains that the teleporter basically became an accidental gene splicer. Stanley says he wants footage of Seth, so she goes to his apartment again and to see him, like, losing more of his hair. And at this point, he's walking on the walls. And uh, this part gets really fucking gross because Seth explains that he can't really, like, eat food normally anymore. And so he has to basically regurgitate his food in order to process solids because it's his new way of eating. So, like, I think he, like, he puts it in his mouth and then he spits on it. He spits the acid on it, I believe. Yeah, I think he spits on it and then eats it because that's what flies do. They, yeah. they that's like what makes him kind of like a badass monster because I'm like yeah he, that's how he eats that's how flies <laughs> do it right and uh, so it's it's at this point it's really sad because you really feel like he's just he's like really dying and uh, like there's nothing you could do almost like he's just got like a terminal ill sickness like cancer or something yeah and uh, Stanley is watching this, and Veronica comes to tell her or tell him that she's pregnant with Seth's baby. And like the next scene is like her having the baby, like bam, bam. And you're like, holy shit, what the hell? And uh, and I was like, wait, is this because like flies have short lifespans? But you find out this is a dream. Yeah, but where, um, where she births a fucking like larva yeah it's crazy this is like this i don't know if we addressed it this movie isn't entirely scary it's more of a monster flake and gross out movie yeah but i would say if there's any terrifying scene in this movie this would probably be the one i i would agree yeah it seems like i i i told my wife like who's currently pregnant i was like you probably don't want to see this i was like you should probably look away i'm like you can't unsee this scene. <laughs> like, yeah, which uh, this this probably isn't a great movie to watch if you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, this is just, especially for the first time, like, this is just going to ruin every, like, so much fear into you that then than you need. Like, that is the yeah. exact, I would say the exact target audience of uh, fear stricken <laughs> for it. Uh, so, yeah, it, like, even from, like, for me to empathize what that would be like for a mom to experience it's like absolute nightmare and that's exactly what it is too um for real so we cut to seth and he's even more grotesque at this point his entire skin is bumpy uh his fingers are puffy and even like webbed together it kind of reminds me of cat in the hat when you could see like mike myers's fingers is in like one glove or <laughs> see i i was thinking like ninja turtles but yeah oh that too yeah 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 definitely i could definitely see that so at this point he's like his voice is no longer recognizable by his computer he's like saving pieces of him in his uh medicine cabinet 
Like, 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 like he's going to create this like historical, like library of his body. Like it's going to be in a museum or something. And that's where it becomes kind of really scary because we just see how unhealthy his mental process is at this point. Like that he's putting his re like, he's like, okay, I'm, I know I'm dying, but I got to keep my research. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, I don't know. Do you think he's aware that he's like kind of dying or do you think he's like, oh, what more of me is there to experience? So, I mean, I know when it all first started, he thought he was dying, but there was a part like, uh, I think it might have been during this part where he said like, he's not dying. He's turning into a fly and he's like evolving or whatever. Yeah. 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 Probably. It might even be a little bit after this, but yeah. Um, but yeah, at this point, I I believe Veronica's running down to Stanley. She de- she demands an abortion and doesn't want anything of that in her body, which I right. completely agree. Yep, um, understandable. <laughs> the, yeah, we did not expect this movie to be a very pro life uh, take, but it's <laughs> but it really it, was. It really was, and I'm not. I'm definitely. Uh, I definitely see where it's coming from. <laughs> Uh, it's like a weird argument to consider. <laughs> and meanwhile, Seth does uh, whatever Fly Wish it could do and just bust through a fucking window. <laughs> Which, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Veronica's in the hospital. She's getting, like, prepped for the abortion. And she's in a room by herself. And there's a big window. And the window yeah. is, like, the paned glass or whatever that you can't see through. Yeah. So how did he know which window to go through, and how many did he go through before this? He could smell her. Oh yeah, he probably did bust through a couple, but <laughs> just like this is like the fifth window he's busted through. <laughs> yeah, he's like I smell the larvae, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like to me, it was just like wow. I bet any fly wishes it could do that, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like the amount of times you see a fly just bounce on a window and just like, oh god. That should have been a scene in this where he's like trying to walk through a glass door like over and over. He's like, oh, uh, like he like walks into it, but he like bumps his head. And he's like, oh, like just trying to Why figure isn't out what this the working? hell is. Yeah. Like what the hell is in my way? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he just like straight up busts through there and steals her like Frankenstein style and uh, basically tells her he wants to he wants the baby. He wants to continue this uh this research or like this legacy what he created. And uh Stanley, like any normal guy should do, arrives at the apartment with a shotgun. Uh to be <laughs> only to be attacked by Seth, who does like gets him to pass out by just fucking him up with his acid breath on his hand and his yeah. ankle. And it's just like the way that it's filmed, it looks like it's not even like intentional. Like he's just like going through withdrawals and it just happens to help out in the fight. You know, it doesn't look like he's purposely puking on him, even though I know he is, but he just looks like he's dying and he's like, well, I must have puke on you. Uh, and, uh, Veronica comes and, uh, he, so at this point, uh, who was it? Seth decides like, Hey, I got the third of that. My, uh, my third part, my third pod. That was my, uh, prototype. I connected that together. Me, you, and the baby. Or we're all gonna go in the pods. And we're all gonna come out of number three. It could be just right. one big, one big happy family together. And at <laughs> this point, you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with this dude?" 
I mean, you see him change into a monster, and there's this weird point where you empathize, you're against him, but then you empathize, but then you're like, you're out of your mind. And then at that point, you're like, yeah, you're too far gone. You're too much of a monster. And like, they basically, like, yeah, we got to kill him. So, yeah, uh, much. yeah. <laughs> Veronica gets thrown into a pod. Uh, and the door locks. Stanley wakes up after his goo goo mess, and uh, <laughs> he shoots the device uh, while Seth's in the pod, and the thing goes off, and it like sucks him in uh, while Seth like helps Veronica escape. Uh, yeah. Seth uh, flies out of the third pod, <laughs> dragging himself. <laughs> To her, and then grabbing, uh, then we're like, "Oh my god, shoot him!" And then she's like, "She can't," but she re- he reaches out to the barrel, um, towards her head, and basically he's like, "Fucking kill me!" Yeah, um, and that's when you're just like, that's kind of where it's really sad and well directed because you're like, he said a lot by not really saying anything. Like at that point, he's kind of aware that he's like, "Yeah, I should die. Just go ahead and get rid of this." And the uh, the kind of movie just ends right there. It just gets his head blown off, and it just ends. Yeah, it was a really abrupt ending. But, I mean, I feel like a lot of movies like this back in the 80s had just abrupt endings. Like yeah, that. if you watch movies back in the 50s and 60s, it's it's rarely like that. Um, but this one, it, it's because kind of, it is kind of like, well, where does the movie go after that? But it is kind of just like, all right, yeah, you killed the monster. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm like, I wonder if the plot is more like kind of saying a message. Like the story is really about that the research is just as dangerous. Like, is it worth finding out about stuff in the universe or is it is it doing more harm to the people trying to find out than it is doing good? Like, I wonder if that's kind of what the purpose is. And then it's just like by the end, just saying, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, um, I got to say, like. For as gross as a movie as this was, I thought it was really good. Yeah, like, it really does a good job of making you feel bad for him and then um, caring about him. And yeah. uh, it's it's kind of a shock to see her boss become more of a bigger role than you expect him to be. Which I gotta say, um, I kind of liked that. So the movie starts with Jeff Goldblum as the protagonist and Stanley as kind of the antagonist, you know? Yeah, and it kind of switches then, by the yeah. end of it. Yeah, like, at the end, you're rooting for the other side, basically. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, that's, like, the second time we've had something interesting like that happen between, like, that and, um, what was it, the two guys from Bloody Valentine getting together to save everybody, even though one yeah. of them's the killer? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think a lot of what I liked about this movie really just came down to how good of an actor Jeff Goldblum is, and I never really realized that. I mean, he's always been, like, famous, you know, like, since I've been born, but all mm-hmm. I really knew him from was, like, Jurassic Park and, like, Cats and Dogs and being oh, Jeff Yeah, Goldblum. Cats and Dogs, yeah. Hell yeah. And he's the scientist in that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, pretty much all I knew him for were those two roles and he was Jeff Goldblum, you know, like, just Well, yeah, it's more of, it was things. more of him and less of what he does. And then with this yeah. movie, this this script really requires... A lot of the interest or the quality of the movie really relies on one the 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 effects and secondly just that character of him alone. Like everybody else could have been poor, 
And as long as his character was solid, the movie was going to be great. Yeah. And, and then he really pulled it off. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I've always liked Jeff Goldblum, but this movie really made me realize, like, damn, that guy can act. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just watch him pull off three different types of um, mood. And that's the thing that I think kind of, like, makes it more into the whole fly aspect is, like we said, with it being so short between jumping from here to here to here. That's kind of his personality and what right. what you think of him throughout the thing um, as he's turning more into a fly. Yeah. But heck yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, I've got some trivia here if you want me to go through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I even have my little trivia on top. So I'm excited. Trivia right. show. <laughs> trivia show. Boop. All right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, I'll go into my little trivia bit here. So uh, the first name mentioned in the end credits is actually none of the actors, and it's uh, Chris Wallace as the uh, creator and designer of the Brundlefly makeup. Oh, shit. Um, you know, I forgot to look at the credits. I've been telling myself to watch the credits, and I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> right. But uh, so apparently after a screening, the audience started cheering like as his name came up and the producer turned to him and was like, you're getting the Oscar for that this year. And uh, he it came true and he did. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I Like I said, it's very rememberable, especially by that last transformation. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, speaking of that, it took nearly five hours to apply most of his uh, makeup. Jeff Goldblum's. Oh, I imagine. Which, I imagine. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was bad. longer. Yeah. Like five hours is not that long. I think Jim, when Jim Carrey did the Grinch, he said that he sat in the booth for like eight hours every day. I was going to say, I was, I was literally about to say, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was longer. <laughs> yeah. Like that really doesn't seem like that long of an amount of time. Um, did you know who produced this movie? Um, actually, no. Uh, so Mel Brooks was actually a producer on it really yeah and he uh he didn't want people to know that he was a producer because he thought people wouldn't take it seriously right might take it more as a comedy yeah so he just did it under his uh production company name which i don't think i have down here yeah but so yeah so he kind of kept his name off of it but like let his business basically like be the Separate. producer right right that's cool that's awesome. Um, I actually that's that's a really interesting trivia piece. Yeah, and actually, so another inter another interesting thing with Mel Brooks, uh the tagline for this movie is be afraid, be very afraid. You know, which is like I I've heard that so many times in my life like mentioned in other like films and movies. Yeah, I was going to say I think I think one other movie I could think of that in right now is like Small Soldiers, I think is said. But oh, okay. <laughs> I think Major Chip Hazard says it at one point, but like, okay. yeah, that definitely sounds common. But yeah, so that originated in this movie, and it actually came from Mel Brooks having a casual conversation with uh, <laughs> the other like directors and stuff, uh, where they asked like, "How should people feel about the fly?" And he said they should be afraid, be very afraid. And then they ended up using that in the movie. I can hear him saying that comically too, like like being like over exaggerated, like being very right, <laughs> right. But yeah, that's so awesome. he coined he coined that phrase apparently. <laughs> like that's so weird to me. Just slaying it, like he knows how to do it. 
And he's still making, <laughs> he's still working on it. Like, there's a new uh, History of the World Part 2 coming out soon. Yeah, there is. And I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I hope I see Hitler on ice. Like they <laughs> promised. So, uh, the vomit that the fly uses uh, was actually made from honey, eggs, and milk. Ooh, all lovely ingredients that flies love. That's true. <laughs> um, So, originally, this movie was a project for Tim Burton to direct, which I could see. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It'd probably be a bit, you know, goofier than it turned out to be, but I could see it. I was also wouldn't be surprised if this was a, um, uh, who did Alien? There's the two brothers, not, uh, not the Coen brothers, but. Wait, R- Ridley Scott did Alien? <laughs> yes, there's Ridley Scott, and then there's, isn't there also another Scott? Oh, I don't know. I might, I might have, I might have my movies messed up, but yeah, he is somebody that I can also see <laughs> doing yeah, this yeah. movie, like not as, uh, not in the same way that this is, but like slightly altered. Right. No, no, I, I could definitely see that working. Yeah, like um, maybe more, maybe more of a sophisticated movie, maybe possibly, right. like maybe slower scenes or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, with that though, so originally. Uh, Mel Gibson was offered the role of Seth, along with James Woods and Michael Keaton. Well, I can see James Wood as uh Cronenberg thing, and then yeah, or well, like you said with Tim Burton, I can see Michael Keaton doing that too. Like <laughs> right? <Batman>. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there were a couple epilogues thought of for the movie, which I would have liked to see because when it ended abruptly, I was like, okay, I gotta know like where some of these storylines went. Oh, yeah, because I was about to mention, they don't really, um, only because I know what happens in the sequel. When I watched this, I was like, oh, they really don't mention anything about her still being pregnant. Like, what, no, what happens at all. after that? But, but uh, I'll, I'll let you continue from this, yes. Because, yeah, uh, some of the ideas that they had were uh, Veronica uh, giving birth to a perfectly healthy baby or giving birth to a butterfly baby. But oh, gotta go to the butt. Ba- uh, sorry, butterfly baby. <laughs> right, but yeah, they they ended up not going with either of them. Um, there were also several sequences that were cut from the film. Uh, one where Brundle apparently sends a cat and a- another monkey through the telepods, <laughs> resulting in like a mutated creature that he beats to death. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know what I would be doing? I would be putting like food in there. I'd be putting like a pizza and then like a cheeseburger in there, and be like, "Make me something good." <laughs> right. <laughs> I would, and like it turns out to be like the best amazing thing, and then like scientists find out what I have, and they're like, "Why aren't you using this for something better?" <laughs> and you're like, like "Pizza burger." <laughs> pizza burger, basically. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, they're so stupid. They could have went with so many different ways with this project. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, uh, so my last little bit of trivia here. So when I read this, it made me really think about this movie in a different way. Okay. Uh, so according to David Cronenberg, the basic premise of the film is two lovers, one of whom contracts a disease and the other is forced to watch and ultimately help uh, the sick one commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, yeah." <laughs> that that's basically and like I said, it's just what it feels like. You're just watching him get sicker and sicker like he has a cancer or something. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear I didn't hear him say that, but that's definitely the the energy that that brought of when you're just yeah, help somebody that's helpless. Yeah, and he's even got a quote here and it says, "Uh, 
You have to consider how many people have given themselves their own death sentence in their bathrooms by discovering something in the shower. Uh, that's where those scenes came from, where he's in the bathroom. Yeah, that's that's and that's the kind of the scariest part because that I think he's done a movie called Shivers that's more focused on bathrooms and something like that. So that makes sense. And then um, that is true because that's where your most personal time is. It seems yeah, like, in the bathroom. And I mean, and, I. I'm kind of like a hypochondriac. Like, I think I'm going to die like once a week. And uh, reading that, I kind of was like, damn, yeah, that that makes this movie a lot more scary and personal, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, a lot of writers at this time were taken. um, You got to figure also that the AIDS epidemic was huge at this time, too. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was going to say just that uh, John Carpenter based a lot of that off of um, him writing the thing um, about that oh, paranoia. Really? Yeah, a lot of that paranoia that everybody has between not trusting each other, who is who, was kind of what it was like about that that whole um, homophobic like um, scare of like, oh, you have AIDS, that must mean you're gay, or some, something in that nature, you know what I mean? Like, you're just paranoid about what other people is, what are they not telling me? You know, do you have do you have that disease? Can I can I trust you? Can I sleep? Kind of thing. I th- I think that's what he said. A lot of that was uh, inspired by. Damn, I never really realized that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like I've I've had to go back and watch some movies. Um, now as an adult in that kind of mindset to be like, all right, what is this? What is the message that this is kind of underlying in this movie that I didn't catch when I was watched it when I was younger weird because actually uh speaking about that uh i don't have this written down anywhere but i remember reading apparently a bunch of like critics thought that this might have been like an allegory for the aids epidemic which uh cronenberg stated that he didn't mean it that way but if that's what they took from it then like more than welcome to it and that happens too i i when i watch movies with that mentality of like what's the message i do keep an open mind that sometimes it happens unintentionally um and so, same thing with songwriters. Songwriters are like, well, we kind of meant the lyrics towards this way, but they took it this way. And it's like, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's art, you know, take what you will from it, you know, just yeah. like everything else. Yeah. It's, it's some way it's somewhat subjective on how, um, you know, the eye is of the beholder. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the end of my trivia there. Oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, and what I was going to say on part of the trivia um, about Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. Matt, yes. did, you, did you know they were married at this time? Uh, I did. Yeah, I saw that. And apparently he got her the gig. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. So they this is uh, the second of the three movies they played together back to back, I believe. Okay. Um, Right before this, uh, and they were only married four years, and I'm I'm sure it's between this three movie lifespan. Um, right before this, they played together on a movie called Transylvania Six Five Thousand, um, which apparently is a cult classic uh, parody, like comedy, like a horror comedy movie. I've seen like the first half of it, but I never finished it. I've been meaning to like finish it. Um, it's kind of like a vampire, you know, like parody comedy '80s movie. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but I've been meaning to like finish it. I know there's like a fan base out for it. Um, and then so then this, and then this was followed up by a movie called Earth Girls Are Easy, 
Uh, Matt, have you ever heard of that movie before? I I have heard of it. I've never seen it. It is a weird trip, my dude. Uh, like it's not a great movie, but when you watch it, you're like, you're like, so this is a movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, is, is Jim Carrey in that? Yeah, I I remember okay. watching this. Like my sister and I caught it on HBO one time. And it is like uh late 80s or very young Jim Carrey and um uh who was the other the Dame I think Damian Wayne uh one of the Wayne oh, okay. brothers um they play as both of them and Jeff Goldblum play as like really colorful hairy aliens and they crash land in her pool and it's kind of like a teenager like party 80s like movie it's not really like anything special or crazy but when you're just like you know who these people are you're just like i have to watch this just to say i've like seen it yeah i kind of want to watch that now (laughs) yeah it's really there's a couple moments that got me but it's one of those zany wacky like you know like college kids like type movie right but uh yeah it's it's just something just it's interesting (laughs) um that and uh the sequel yeah, so have you seen the sequel? I have. I actually, I know I've seen this movie, I don't know, you're probably talking I was like eight or nine when I first saw this movie, and then it was like more when I was a little bit older that I watched the sequel, and I was actually kind of hooked on it a little bit. It really starts off as uh, the kid being born. Um, that's oh, why when like I like from, from this movie? Yeah, 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 from Gina Davis's uh I don't remember if it says what happens to her. Maybe she dies giving birth. But okay. um I it was funny because I remember that movie happening and then when I was when we I was rewatching it for this, I was like, "Man, they really don't explain what happens." <laughs> like by the end of it, like I forgot they don't really <laughs> do that. Um but yeah, so basically the movie starts off with him in like a science lab and that's really what most of the movie is. He's like in a lab and people are testing him, but because he has that fly DNA, he's like actually growing at a such faster rate than a human being would. So like he goes, he goes from like, I think six years old to like a 10 year old in like a week or something like that. Okay. So he's like a, a child in a adult's body. Kinda like he just like his, his growth rate is just a lot faster. Like he, by the time he's like like a week from now, he's like fifteen and then twenty years old, kind of thing. Yeah, his like lifespan shorter. Oh, cause of fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his <laughs> lifespan is yeah. It's weird. It's not like entirely short, but it's just like maybe like a blend of the human side of him extends it out just a little bit longer. Right. But uh, I I remember mostly more of that part because I thought I was like, man, that's actually kind of interesting. I'm like, that's different. You know, you've heard of Benjamin Button where he, you know, ages reversely, but like, I don't really know anything that's like that where it's like, yeah, just age fast. Rate. Yeah. 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 Um, other huh. than that, I really don't know a lot more about it. I don't remember much of the last half, but I, I'm willing to give it a rewatch just for that reason. Honestly, after watching this, I, I was like, kind of like ready just to jump to the second one. Dude, I the- felt the same way. But I was yeah. like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, I know what happens the first half. Am I going to stay committed to stay for the last half? I'm like, 
We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, with not, it, with that today. ending so abruptly, I was like, I want to know what happens next. Yeah, for real. That's why yeah. they made the second one. <laughs> That's how sequels work. Because <laughs> even the director was like, "Fuck, dude, we got. I gotta know." <laughs> right. Which uh, I did see actually. So Cronenberg did not direct the sequel. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure he did it. Yeah, but Chris Wallace did the guy who made all the special effects. Oh, that's cool. That does yeah. happen sometimes. Um, what is it? I think Creep Show was that way. George Romero uh, directed it, but then in Tom Savini did the special effects. But by the second one, he's like, "Yeah, you can direct it." Um, nice. And then there's another movie that's like that too. I think Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead might be that way too. I think the second one they let this. I I don't remember exactly. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, that's that's always cool when like somebody personal on the project is like the director can be like, yeah, I trust you. <laughs> right. Well, hell yeah. Um, something, something I want to talk about before we get to like our lists and stuff. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Tusk? Have we talked about Tusk? Oh no, I've been meaning to, um, because that's Justin Long, right? And then is that a Kevin Smith movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's Kevin Smith wrote and directed it, but, uh, I think he took a lot of inspiration from the fly for it. At least towards yeah. the second half. Like, because I've seen Tusk. I own it. So I've seen it, like, quite a few times. And just the whole time, I was like, man, this is giving me, like, major Tusk vibes. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I haven't seen him, but I assume what, from what I've seen, Justin Long slowly, like, devolves into something else. And that's kind of what I yeah. see with that. I, uh, another movie I kind of get a feel for that, too, is Slither. When um Michael, is it Michael Rooker? The guy from Guardians so, of the Galaxy. I haven't seen Slither, but I know it's James Gunn movie, so I'm sure it's Michael Rooker. Oh yeah, 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 it is. Because he's um, in all of his movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? I, I never he put really that together. <laughs> yeah. Um. He. Uh. Yeah. His character is something like that too. He he messes with something that's like an alien thing, and by the end of the movie, he is just a pile of goo. He's just Fuck one yeah. big monstrosity. I love piles of goo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> then I would recommend Slither. <laughs> I'm going to check it out just for the piles of goo. Yeah, hell yeah. Faces <laughs> of goo. But uh, yeah, I guess we can get into our rankings here if you're if you're ready for yeah. that. I, yeah, I is. So um, did you already rank this in your list of songs? Um, I did. I've even probably, this is probably going to be annoying for people who've been following along consistently. Um, I've, I think I've been rearranging my song likeliness order, uh, as, as weeks go by because I just Dude, find myself like, that is a okay. <laughs> cause no I'm like, with that. cause I'll listen to this song a set number of times and I go, I don't think I like it as much now. And then like, I'm like, I think I have more appreciation for this song now. Right. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's totally fine. Hit us with that list, boy. Um, so right at the top, I have funeral derangement. Still, um, I have rash decisions right underneath that. Um, underneath that, I have the box. Uh, and below that, I have shower scene, rainy day, take your pick. Uh, I believe hip to be scared ended up getting moved, and then right underneath that, I have fly, and then assault and batteries. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so there's nothing really, uh, I really do like this song. It's catchy. I love the synth 
that's in the uh, beginning, like the bass synth. Um, and, and I do like the chorus melody. Um, but that's mostly what's kind of pulling the song is the I won't die or deny the yeah it's like that whole melody is kind of what's driving the song along with the not saying I'm not playing God uh it's mostly what kind of has the song has to offer and I think that's why maybe I rank it so low just because it's like there's nothing wrong with it it's just that's kind of mostly what the song is because I've had the song stuck in my head the other day and I was just like I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's great. I do like it. I mean, like I said in the first half of the episode, it grew on me. Like, I didn't like it that much at first. I was like, this is okay. But, like, yeah. now it's, like, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Like, I like it, but it's, like, I I felt like there's nothing. What should I say? Not that it doesn't stick out, but that, like, there's nothing complicated about it. And versus what I've heard with all the other tracks, I'm like, wow, this is, like, a band that likes to um or at least with this album like likes to do a lot of different things in a song and then this seems like the most straightforward one uh, yeah it feels like no no i totally get that um, um i i on the other hand with my list of the movies uh yeah. this actually cracked my top five really yeah so um my my list of movies going from top to bottom right now is child's play Resident Evil, American Psycho, and then The Fly, and then Cabin Fever, Hellraiser, Pet Cemetery, My Bloody Valentine, and Psycho. Oh wow! So that that is now number four for me, and that really pushed Resident Evil down, didn't it? Uh, no, Resident Evil still number two. <laughs> oh, it was Cabin Fever that it pushed down. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. But, uh, so originally I had it below Cabin Fever. But then while talking about it during this episode, I moved it back up <laughs> to above Cabin Fever. Yeah, when you start, and that happens too. Yeah, when you start like yeah. thinking about it in like retrospect and all that. Because even I was like, my wife was kind of invested too. She just happened to be there when I was watching it. And she's like, you just watch the grossest things. But like, but I could tell she was like intrigued by it. It wasn't yeah. like too straight. It wasn't like too straightforward. You were just kind of like, "Wow, what's going to happen next? What is it going to do about this?" Uh, and like, I, I, I don't even like the gross out stuff, but it was still so good that you know I had to put it up there. Yeah, yeah, especially by the end of it, when you think it's done, it's like his head splits open and his arms falling apart when they're like grabbing each other, and it's right. just like. It just keeps going. It just that's the thing. It just doesn't stop. Like you're just like, how worse is it gonna get? Oh no, this is his final form. No, no, this is his <laughs> final form. But yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I honestly, now that I'm thinking about it and looking through these movies, I think besides Christian Bale in American Psycho, uh, Jeff Goldblum as Seth is the best acted role out of all these movies, in my opinion. Um, number two only to christian bale let me think about that real hard because i'm pretty sure the lady that talked about her husband uh having the tranquilizer uh at a wedding in psycho was probably a better role but you that's know just also <laughs> hot dog guy comes to mind from, from uh my bloody valentine yes yeah the hot dog guy the <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna give jeff goldblum third place there with yeah, hot dog guys number one should we should we do a quick run through and be like who was the best actor in each movie like should we like hurry up like let's you- let's do it let's do it 
Okay. okay, my so my bloody Valentine was hot dog guy, hot dog guy. All right, pet cemetery. Um, I'm mm. gonna have, I'm gonna have to go with um possibly. Ooh. I'm gonna have to go with um the mom's mom, the grandma yes. in it. Yes. Rachel's mom. <laughs> maybe maybe he's getting a chicken dinner. <laughs> or a burger. Or a steak. <laughs> or a mashed potato. Okay, uh child's play. Who you got? Who child's play? Uh one or two. Or over both of them. Just both of them. Uh the first one I'm gonna have to give to the panhandler. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the second one I'm going to have to give to the truck driver that calls Kyle yes. a crazy bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, Resident Evil, who you got? Resident Evil, I'm going to have to go with the guy that gets hit with the coffee and goes, thank you. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> it's in the beginning of the movie when uh, the guy's rushing out and he bumps into him with the coffee. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hellraiser. Right. Hellraiser. Ooh. Uh, gonna, the the thing that looks like Patrick Star, the thing that looks like who, <laughs> like Patrick Star, Patrick. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was gonna say the awkward British dude that like gets killed at first, but yeah, <laughs> Patrick Star for the win. Who are you people? <laughs> and then um, that that should be everybody because if American no, Psycho's no, no, Chris- uh, Cabin Fever. Which I gotta oh. say, the the old guy at the gas station. Yeah, it, it, hands down, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> and then Psycho is the coworker. So yeah, that's everyone. Yep, that's everybody. That <laughs> those, is your. Those are all, all the best actors. <laughs> that's your fast money round uh, <laughs> of uh, best actors in every movie we've done so far. We'll make sure to update this. <laughs> uh, so uh, speaking of every movie we've done so far, we got to find out where this ranks on our list of what movies or what songs best captured the movies this might be the easiest pick okay i want to know what you're thinking because i know what i'm thinking this is either going to be above or right below rash decisions yeah i was thinking very bottom (laughs) okay because the only thing i can connect with the song with the movie is uh like i said the synths a little bit which this movie doesn't really i don't Think goes for an 80s synthesizer, uh, like electronic music. I don't, I don't remember. It's got a little bit of it in there, not a lot, but a little bit. I mean, but for some reason, visually, the movie feels that way between the way the teleporter looks, the way the computer looks, and all that. And it definitely straight up is 80s, so it does feel like that movie. Um, but like lyrically. Other than saying the word fly, the only other thing is the I'm not saying I'm not playing God. Yeah, and I mean, really... there's, there's some other uh, references, like uh, in the second verse, they say, like, this foul insect undetected just fused with my frame. Oh, but like that, yeah. But, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, if, if the title wasn't so direct, you probably wouldn't have been able to guess it. Yeah. You probably wouldn't even think it would be a movie ba- or based on a movie. Right, um, but like not saying that the song is bad. Um, but just yeah, it just uh, I probably wouldn't have guessed if the title wasn't that. Um, and because even like even the line, I'm not saying I'm not playing God. It's not entirely what Jeff Goldblum is out to set to do. 
I mean, yeah, it's this thing. No, not really. Science and going against like, you know, it seems kind of taboo learning, discovering <laughs> something like that. But uh, it's not like, like he was Frankenstein trying to like. No, bring people his whole reason for doing it was because he had motion sickness and vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, I just don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, you're playing the role of God there, brother. <laughs> you can't be driving and not driving. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So, so that means currently our list for which songs best capture the movies goes hip to be scared, assault and batteries, rainy day, Funeral derangements, shower scene, take your pick, the box, rash decision, and fly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that so far. This has been a fun list to make. <laughs> I know, and we, we still got a couple more to go. And we're not only checking it twice, we're checking it thrice. And we and we check it let's see, this is like the ninth or tenth episode, so we've checked it like ten times. <laughs> yeah. I swear, I checked that thing ten times. That better be right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we think it is. Speaking of that, though, I guess it's time to see if you can figure out what the next episode is going to be based on. Um. Yeah, I've kind of. I'm still on the uh, the joy of me getting it right. Uh, <laughs> right, still riding once. that high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um. Something tells me to go more modern, even though. I don't know. I feel like whenever I decide something, I'm I'm always going to be indecisive. But something tells me to go a little modern. Um, okay. Uh, I'm just going to guess with maybe something like Final Destination. That seems something like that's popular. I don't know if I consider a horror movie, but it's right. uh, it's it's something I can see a song being about somewhat. Yeah. No. No. I can I can totally see that. I guess we'll find out on the next episode. Whoop whoop. So, the way we end the show is Austin's going to give me a horror movie quote that I'm going to match with an Ice Nine Kills quote, and we're going to try to see if it makes sense or not. All right. I hope you're ready for this one, Matt. Oh, I, I am. Okay. This this one, this, this horror movie quote comes from a movie called Body Melt. And right. my quote comes from the song, What I Really Learned in Study Hall. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> Because this one is uh, someone saying, how many times do I have to tell you? Keep it in the family. You're just a faceless name. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that, that mix. That, that, that kind of works, I guess. I it, don't know. <laughs> that's why I don't like it, because it kind of works. <laughs> well, join us on the next episode when Austin finds out whether he's right or not, and we tell you our thoughts on the next song and movie. Hell yeah. Uh, I hope you're ready. We're going to watch it. We're going to be listening. I hope you are too. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. This podcast has been brought to you by Very Fair Productions. Uh, that's very fair.